If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at CottageBlogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Welcome vacation rental owners, uh, agents, anybody that's involved in the vacation rental business. It's great to be talking to you once again. And uh, we're in the, we're right in the middle of the busy, busy season, just a a few days away from uh, what is our Victoria Day weekend up in, up here in Ontario. And uh, I believe for you in the US, it's Memorial Day. Um, for those of you in the UK, um, I think you've you've just had your a long weekend at the beginning of May, and you've got another one coming up at the end of May. So, so anyone who's, who's involved in vacation rentals will know that uh, how busy it is prior to these uh, the, these beginning of the season weekends, these long weekends. Everybody seems to want to get out and. Uh, you know, maybe it's this prelude to summer. They want to get out and begin to enjoy the uh, the warmer weather and the beginning of high season. I've also just come back from a couple of days in Ottawa where I've been out and about looking for new cottages. And, you know, owner acquisition is is one of the things that, that I think bugs many smaller property management companies uh, the most. You know, how do we find these these new owners who are wanting to register their properties with an agency? And uh, it really got me thinking about the issues that small agencies face. You know, we're, we're all out there trying to build our companies alongside some of these, these massive uh, vacation rental companies that exist in so many areas. And it, it can be difficult. You've got to get out there and, and do something different, do something that's that's going to make new owners feel comfortable that they have chosen correctly and that by going with a smaller agency, they're going to get so much more benefit, but still get the bookings that they want to get um, at a good commission rate. And you know, for those of you who are listening, who are just in, an in, I don't mean just an independent owner, but you just have one property, you know, hang on in here. This interview will is, is really interesting. Talking to uh, a small agency owner in uh, Cairns, Western Australia, because apart from anything else, Nick is such an interesting person. He's, he's done so much from helping his father manage um, a horse racing business to tourism in Nepal and then running a wilderness lodge in Cairns before he got into the vacation rental business and now runs his own small rental agency. This kicks off a series of podcasts where I want to be talking to agency owners around the world and just see what different challenges each of them faces. Now, these people, when I say agency, it could be somebody who is just managing two or three properties on behalf of other people or, you know, right up to maybe 50 or 60. Don't really want to go above that because then, although having said that, you know, I have 
just under 200 properties in my agency, and I still consider it to be a small agency. You know, we, we're, we're just transitioning from a manual system over to, over to one of the popular software uh, reservation systems. Out. And, you know, I still work from home. I have three, there's three of us full time in our office, and we have a couple of people that work from home and our VA who works out in the Philippines. So, you know, it's not one of these big operations with loads and loads of staff. It's just a couple of us who get together every day, have fun, work this business and and create dreams for our rental guests and create income for our rental owners. So I hope to to, to really get to talk to a lot of different people about their you know about their challenges and about what they love about the business and and what keeps them going every day. So without further ado, we're going to go into the interview with Nick Marshall of Cairns Holiday Homes. Take it away, Nick. Well, it's always a delight for me to speak to people in the vacation rental industry all over the world. And today I am even more so delighted to um, to talk to Nick Marshall, who is the owner of a small agency in Cairns in Australia. Welcome, Nick. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you very much, Heather. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Uh, just in case anybody doesn't quite know where Cairns is in, in, in Australia, it's in North Queensland. It's a little bit of an outlier, but a very beautiful place in the tropics. I, I've seen it on a map. I would absolutely love to visit one day. And I, I'm sure I will. It's bucket list stuff. And once, I say, once all this rental business is behind me, I'll make my way over there. But, you know, that could be quite a while in the future. But we, sh- we shall see. So, Nick, tell me, I mean, people are listening to this, they're hearing your accent, they know my accent and know that I'm in Canada, but uh, give us a bit of background about um, why, you, why you, as a Brit, are in Australia, what got you out there, wh- and what started you in the rental business? Well, I came out to Australia in 1974 originally, um, <laughs> if anybody can remember that that far back. I can. <laughs> Britain was a pretty gloomy place at that time. There, there, there were strikes going on and there were coal miners' strikes, and it was a fairly awful place. And I, I just left school. I was 20, and I'd read all about Australia, and I, and I just wanted to get out of this tiny little island and escape the influence of my parents. I love my parents dearly, but it's a small place, England, and I could hardly do anything anywhere without reports getting back to them. So I thought I'd go to the other side of the world. And my father was a racehorse trainer, and uh, that's actually what first brought me out to Australia. I worked for a racehorse trainer in Sydney. Had a lot of fun. It was the first city I'd ever lived in. And it ended up, you know, I came back several times over the years, but but I ended up staying in Australia and discovering North Queensland about 30 years ago. And by which time I had already got myself into the tourist industry out of horse racing, although there are a lot of similarities, funnily enough. Um, And I particularly because I spent six months working at a marvellous place in Nepal called Tiger Tops, where I, I worked as a naturalist, taking people around to see tigers and riding elephants and having a lot of fun. Wow. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> now, <laughs> now that, that, that wasn't in the bio that you sent to me. So 
well, that, it, it that's great. It is, it, is, it is more or less in the About Us on the website. But um, I've, I've sort of been in tourism for a long time because, in a sense, as, as a child of, of a racehorse trainer, um, I, I was taught to more or less pour a gin and tonic for somebody. If anybody turned up at the house at four o'clock in the afternoon and, and dad was out looking at the horses, he said, give them a gin and tonic and tell them to wait. So that was my first introduction to sort of uh, entertaining people, which is really what tourism is about in a sense. Oh, absolutely. It's a British cure-all as well, the gin and tonic. Okay, so you're now um, out of the racehorse industry and into Cairns. What happened next? Uh, well, we the, the, the original uh, thing which attracted me to Cairns was because it was a very... I mean, North Queensland is an outlier. It's a very, very it's, it's in the tropics. There's a very low population up here. I mean, the area... North Queensland is about 270,000 people in an area which is larger than the British Isles. Uh, and uh, so it, it, it's got a lot of wilderness up here. And that was what attracted me after working at uh, Tiger Tops in Nepal. And I first went right up the Cape looking for somewhere to buy, to start a wilderness lodge of my own. And uh, luckily I failed in finding a property up there because I would have bitten off far more than I could chew. But I did actually end up uh, buying a place uh, just south of Cooktown, which is about, well at that time it was about six hours north of, of Cairns, but it's now only about three hours by road because the roads have improved. And uh, we, I, I got married around the same time, this was in 1985. And we bought the property in 1986, just south of Cooktown, and we built a lodge there and 10 cabins, uh, and with a million acres of, of, of wilderness behind us. And, uh, and we ran that for 15 years. Uh, and then, of course, four children later, education and things like that sort of stepped in, and we had to sort of move closer to town. And, and we needed a change anyway, so we sold up. And, uh, and then after four years of doing a few things, um, I... I sort of ended up with, a, with a, 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 a beach property, a cottage, which um, uh, we were using and then not using enough because my children kept wanting to do other things at the weekend. Uh, and so I decided that I would start renting it out. And so I, in, in 2005, we built our first website to put the cottage on. And lo and behold, it actually worked. We were getting business <laughs> from this website. <laughs> and uh, then I, I bought another house and did the same thing, and that worked too. And I bought a third house and did the same thing, and that worked. And then a friend asked me, uh, could she come on as well? So I said yes. And that worked quite well for her too. And she was sort of one of those people who has lots of friends and is a blabbermouth and went telling all her friends, which was fantastic, because they started ringing me up and asking if they could come on the website as well. So it, it all happened by accident, really. It, um, it's so it so mirrors my experience here in Canada because we did exactly the same, except we didn't immigrate until 2003. But by that time, I'd already bought half a dozen houses and was renting them out. When I moved here, people kept saying, you know, well, can we join you? So it's just exactly, you know, almost um, a, a mirror of of what you did. So this is this is really interesting. So how many how many properties do you have now? I only have one of my own. But we have about 30, 31 or so uh, on, on, on the website, all belonging to people who live in Cairns. We did try for a while of, of managing a couple of houses for people who were, you know, absent, absentee owners. Uh, but we found that that took so much of our time that we really couldn't run the business of looking after inquiries and booking as well as we could 
if we didn't have the distraction of trying to look after other I mean, other people's houses. It's, it's, it's a very full-on business, um, actual property management. The other awful thing is we found with that was that the time involved, I mean, you know, you'd occasionally have to send somebody a bill of $50 or something for changing a light bulb, which was crazy, uh, simply because, you know, we were lived 20 kilometers away from the house and, and, and I have to go over and do it, but it's the only thing I'm actually doing. Uh, and it's far, we found it just far better to only deal with owners who live locally who would actually look after the houses themselves, you know, the cleaning side of it, the presentation, and take all of that responsibility, but we would do the inquiries and the bookings. So, in other words, we're, really, we're a rental management agency rather than a property management agency. As, as uh, we are as well, and it's, it's interesting, it's, it's a model that is, is, not, um, is not seen much across North America because, because I think this whole uh, rental management, property management um, model is, is, is much more popular. Owners want to give away their properties and just don't want anything to do with them. But we do exactly the same as you. We, uh, we, we only take on all owners who have a, a very um, sort of hands-on approach to their own properties. Although having said that, we do have a number of, of, of owners who are far away, but we have to make sure that they have very robust um, systems in place to manage changeovers and manage the welcome. And so, uh, yeah, very similar again. And, and as I say, n- not a model that is, is that common, but I think it's, it, it is a model that, that perhaps more people should be thinking about taking on. I think so, especially in regional areas like ours, where we don't have a mass of, of uh, holiday rental properties available. But there are plenty of local people who, who, you know, who have a, a property investment uh, which they've been renting unfurnished for long periods of time, you know, a minimum of six months, maybe 12 months rentals, and they're usually with with uh, real estate agents. And it only takes, you know, one bad tenant who more or less trashes the house to realize that, oh, maybe there's a better way of, of realizing my investment. And, and the holiday home ownership is, is one way. I mean, there is a lot more input. And we find that a lot of our time is spent basically training our owners in the ins and outs and, and where's and why and how to do it. Uh, but, you know, they love their home and, and they're very proud of it. And we find that, in fact, they always end up being really, really good at doing what they do uh, with a little bit of help from us, you know. Uh, but because they usually have jobs as well, it's jolly difficult for them to actually... Uh, be speedy on dealing with inquiries and that's one thing where we can you know offer our help because we will try and and deal with all inquiries within you know an hour of getting them and and that's a huge help in terms of conversions i believe oh oh indeed and and again it's it's exactly the way we we run our business you know we we respond to an email perhaps you know sometimes within seconds of it of it coming in um, which yeah. is something that these owners can't do, but they're quite happy to do the the hospitality end. And I don't know about you, and, and I'm going to just want to come on in a second to what the vacation rental industry in Australia is like. But just to give you a taster of what it is like here in um, in Ontario, you know, our, when we talked before the show about um, the, the the holiday rental business in the UK and Europe, which has been going for years and years and years. 
Well, in fact, the the cottage rental industry in Ontario has been ever since you know the forties. People used to come out of Toronto and go to the cottage. It was it was a little bit of a rite of passage in the summer after our you know intense intensely long and cold winters. Um, so the rental industry was born here back in the in the in the fifties, but it it remained the same until about the start of this century. You know, people it, it was simply camping with a roof on, and your renters because we nobody ever called them guests were lucky to have an indoor toilet. Um, and and a television with rabbit ears was you know absolute you know the the boundaries of luxury, and so I'm finding I I have found that uh, in educating owners in the niceties of hospitality and welcome has been quite challenging for for some of those who who have been doing this or have or or have had experience of it over the years. So how how do you find your owners um accept this this concept of hospitality? Well, m- most of them don't know very much about it and it, it it our industry is very backward as compared to a lot of Europe now and and particularly North America. I mean, uh, I'm amazed sometimes when I go and look at the websites and the presentation of houses and what I see, you know, they're way way ahead of us, but it's catching up rapidly here. I mean, Australians are naturally very hospitable people, but, you know, one has to get across to them. Uh, if, you know, we, we've got a lot better, basically, at, at interviewing people, potential owners, when they come to us. We don't try to put them off, but we're, we're very realistic that, you know, you can't expect to do this well without it taking up a certain amount of your time, particularly on changeovers and when you're meeting and greeting and that sort of thing. And, and, and trying to put yourself in the shoes of somebody on holiday. I mean, you know, people work all year, and the, the annual holiday, especially with the kids, it's one of the big events of the year. And, and uh, they don't want something which is sort of like their house at home. They want something which is, you know, it's a dream. It's, it's, it's somewhere really special to go to. Uh, as an owner, I think you've got to have that headspace a little bit to imagine. You, you, you've got to really put, put a show on for them. I mean, they want to walk into a house which is just so good, so brilliant. Uh, and it might be the most modest little house, but somehow or another, it's got something about it. It's got some, qu- it's got some personality to it, you know. Uh, and, and, and if you do that, you, you'll get people coming back year after year. What how, what do you do when you when you walk into a place and it it is definitely not meeting your standards? Do you find that the education is is enough to to get them to raise the standards to to meet yours, or or is there a pushback in any way? To a certain extent, I've had pushback from some people. Uh, I've never lost an owner yet, and I've most. Well, we have, you know, we fought pretty hard with some of them to, you know, get them to up their act a little bit. Um, and, and they nearly always have because really what they've always found is do it and, and, and things w- will get better for you. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's no question about it. If you, if, if you pay attention to detail, um, spend the money where you need to spend it and you can't have a house which is obviously in need of maintenance and expect people to enjoy that. I mean, you know, things go wrong, of course. I mean, you know, you can have a, <laughs> a burst pipe or something like that and that's just something out of the blue. But I mean, it, it, things, you know, the house has got to look as though it's well cared for um, because the, 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 the people renting your house for a week or two 
want to feel well cared for. And and if the house doesn't look well cared for, you don't feel well cared for, as it were. So those are those are really important issues, and and it means spending money. Mm-hmm. And we you know we won't take anybody on now if we if we get a feeling from talking to them uh, that's really they don't have that sort of commitment. Um, there is a commitment there, but if you're prepared to do that, then I think far safer way of investing in real estate than just investing in a real estate and renting out to a complete unknown for 12 months who can do an awful lot of damage in that time. So what's, what's your season, Nick? Is it, is it, are you seasonal? Or? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there, there, are, there are four sort of seasons in the main seasons in the year, and those are simply school holidays because we have four terms a year in Australia. Um, but the, the, the peak one probably of all is, is Christmas. Um, and... We also run a little bit outside school holidays. I mean, the, 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 uh, our winter, which runs sort of from June through to the middle of September, uh, is not really a winter because we're in the tropics, and it's, but it's quite cold, say, down in Victoria or South Australia. And um, Australians love the heat. There's <laughs> so, <laughs> an annual migration north during the colder months of the year. So any time from sort of early June through to September is busy. Uh, and especially so in the school holidays. And what's the what's the demographic of of your of your guests? How how many are are um, Australian, and and how many are you getting internationally? Oh, uh, I would say about eighty five percent Australians, fifteen percent from overseas. Um, demographics is quite wide, actually. Uh, you know, the majority would probably be thirty to fifty uh, families, really, with. Um, sometimes quite young children, but also quite a lot with, with teenage children. Um, we also get quite a lot of um, contractors who, who are usually longer stayers, and it's quite difficult to fit them in and um, because they often want a place for a month or six weeks, and it's jolly hard to find a house which is vacant for that long. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so one of the great things about having new houses coming on all the time is that they're, they're often vacant when, when you take a new house on. So we often slot our, our contractors in. The reason we have contractors up here is uh, as a result of the sort of global financial crisis. Uh, we had some very big uh, construction firms up here, but they sort of fell over over the last few years. And we don't have any big construction firms in Cairns now. So often when there is a project on, uh, a lot of contractors are brought in from uh, the southern cities and, uh, you know, they might be up here for for quite a few weeks. And if we can fit them in, we do, because they much prefer to stay in a house than yeah. having to spend six weeks in a motel. Yeah, we, we find that we find that here as well. So, so yeah, it, it, it's, it's interesting that you have, you know, quite different personas, different groups of people. That uh, that you're you're catering to. Let's just backtrack a bit and um, just just give me your views on the um, vacation rental industry as a whole in Australia. You said you're you're a little bit backward in in terms of of positioning as opposed to where we are in North America and certainly in Canada. We're way behind where they are in the states. Where do you see it? And uh, and what you know are there any issues that are, are impacting? The way you do business, like you know, regulations is a, is a big thing now with with Airbnb so massive in in North America. Regulations on on uh, short term rentals, vacation rentals are popping up absolutely everywhere. Are you impacted by that at all? Not in North Queensland, but it has had an impact in New South Wales, uh, where in one uh, municipal area. Um, 
there, there was a sort of a, a court case over, you know, a house which was sort of what you might call a party house and noise. And um, the local magistrate basically banned all uh, short-term rentals of less than, I think it was about 30 days, uh, which completely put out of business mm-hmm. quite a number of holiday homes. And uh, that was about a year or so ago, and I'm not sure what the, you know, what the sort of impact of that, the long-term impact, or, or whether people are fighting back over that. But we haven't been hit with so many regulatory problems as in, a, in, in America, but no doubt, as time goes on, we will be. You know, the only, and, and, I, and I try to keep my owners very aware of this, uh, and so we don't have any party houses or we try not to. I mean, that's one of the big things that we do as far as screening is concerned. And, of course, one of the things that throws up a red flag with me always is when we get an inquiry from locals. Now, I do like having locals because we get lots of locals who are quite genuine. They haven't got enough room in their house. They've got friends and relatives coming, and they, they want somewhere for them to stay. But then we get a lot of locals who think it's fine to, to rent a house for a couple of days to have a great big party mm-hmm. and enjoy, invite, all, invite all their mates around and make a hell of a noise and, and just leave the next day with that place in a shambles, you know? I'm very familiar with uh, with that the uh, and I think you know you've been in the business a long time and and you you mentioned you, you know though certain things that people will say just raise those red flags and the bells go off and it's just like yes well I think um I mean it's easy easier for us perhaps because we we have a lot of competition and we can simply say you know there may be somebody else out there who will take you but we won't um that's one of the things you is, is an experience you you do get when you're dealing with inquiries every single day, which, of course, most homeowners who've only got one or two homes are not dealing with inquiries every single day. So they simply do not have the experience and, and cannot read the warning signs as well as we can, who, 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 you know, who are up against it every single day. Um, and, uh, you know, I wish um, more of my owners would uh, recognize that because... Uh, we only we have about a third of our owners, for example, are exclusive to us, and some of those will have listings on other sites like Airbnb or Stays or HomeAway or whatever. Um, but they pass all their inquiries through to us because they're too busy. They don't, they don't want to handle them, and they know that we'll probably be able to handle them better than they can. Uh, but then others seem to think that uh, oh, they don't want to pay the pay pay the commission. So um, you know, <laughs> saving on a commission, I think, is kind of a false economy in many ways mm-hmm. because I do think that, uh, that uh, people who are running uh, 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 an agency like ours just have so much more experience of dealing with the public and, and turning an inquiry into converting it into a sale and making sure that they're delivering somebody into somebody's home that you want in their home, not somebody who's going to cost you a lot of money in the end. Yeah. Yes. We, we've been dealing with, um, with one for the last two weeks, in fact, and, uh, um, finally had to revert to the owner and say, we will, because the, the owner wanted the money and and we wouldn't take the risk. So we, we ended up saying, we will do the rental agreement, but we're not taking any risk. Yeah. So uh, we, we cut the commission right back, you know, paired it right back just to do the paperwork and said, here you are, it's over to you. It's probably the first time we've ever done that, but the owner was so adamant she wanted this uh, this very very large group that uh, that she was she was going to override all all the red flags all the bells and and accept it so that was that was an interesting one and I'm sure you've had many like that you mentioned 
stays, um, home away, Airbnb. Where do you actually um, do your marketing? Well, with our own house, we just have one house on our website. We are only listed on one site and we're listed on Flipkey, which we found increasingly good for us, actually. I mean, we, we were one of the early uh, Flipkey <laughs> um, sort of backers, if you know, uh, listers. And uh, so they had a legacy program and, and we get a much, much cheaper rate as a result. Mm-hmm. And anybody, anybody we brought in with us and, and continue to bring in with us, they give us the same cheap rate. So we've got about uh, seven or eight of our houses on Flipkey. It's the only one we actually use ourselves. We've got a few houses which don't use any, but otherwise the two main ones, well, the three main ones would be Flipkey, uh, Airbnb, and stays and stays of course is part of home away now stays was a, you know was always the biggest and best in australia i don't know we just haven't been getting so much from it recently um airbnb is is the great phenomenon of all of them in many ways i'm i'm you know fascinated by i mean i think they do things many things incredibly well and and i keep a very good eye on them because i'm, I'm full of admiration for them mm-hmm. uh, i also think they've helped grow the whole business and make, you know bring awareness to far more people about the alternative of holiday homes to hotels uh, than would otherwise have been the case. I'm also constantly amazed that people you know will pay the uh, the booking fee that that uh, Airbnb charges, whereas in our case, I mean our model is uh, the, the, our commission is paid for by the owners, not by the not by the people um, who are renting. In our area, in Ontario, every agency charges a booking fee, and it varies from $55 Canadian up to over 100 So every booking so, uh, attracts a booking fee. Um, so that- I don't think it, if, I, if I did that, I don't think I don't have any customers at all. It's a bit like uh, sort of tipping in Australia. We don't have tipping in Australia. In North America, you have tipping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Australians won't... You know they're 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 very wary about paying for anything in some ways. Oh, it's that you know that's 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 really interesting, and it's it's one of the reasons I sort of wanted to start this this series of talking to agency owners all over the world and see see how we all did it, and you know what the different what what the similarities are, and and what the differences are. So, Nick, tell me what um, what's been the biggest challenge you faced over the over the past ten years? You know, since since you started um, Ken's Holiday Homes. When we put up our first website, which was a very simple template website, and I had to ring up the, the webmaster every time I wanted to make a copy change or a photographic change, but they were tremendous and they really looked after me well, and it worked. And we were obviously getting seen, but this was in 2005 and onwards, and so I was very lucky to start quite early and get a good name, like Cairns Holiday Homes, because it's, it's great keywords in there, you know. Mm-hmm. So my initial great challenge always was to remain on that first page of, of a Google search result. You know, I really, when we started off, I knew so little about the Internet and how it works or how Google works or anything like that. So just sort of getting my head around all that has been the, the biggest thing to start off with. Now that we seem to be, touch wood, relatively established, um, uh, the, the the next thing really is is technology. Uh, you know, just as we've grown and gone from sort of three homes of my own to about 30 homes, it becomes more and more time-consuming because unlike the big listing sites, uh, which you can't ring them to get advice about a home, 
you know, you have to ring each individual owner. Mm -hmm. We are a sort of one-stop shop. You know, we only deal with homes in the Cairns area. So somebody can ring up us and we're, we're more or less, the phone, we, we work from a home office. And so we're more or less, <laughs> if we're awake, we'll answer the phone, you know. But that is time consuming. And we do get asked a lot of questions, which could easily be found out on the website. But people, I suppose, naturally prefer speaking to people if they can. Uh, so, we're, we're, you know, we're trying to devise ways in which to cut down on the amount of our time being taken up by phone calls. Not that we ever want to stop phone calls, because I think it's an incredibly powerful marketing tool. But, um, you know, there are only so many hours in the day. And if we're going to grow and get more houses on, obviously, we're going to get busier. And we're going to you know, have to look at getting staff or outsourcing some of these activities but technology there are a lot of ways that uh, the, the technology can help here by getting people to self-help i mean the whole point really of the internet surely is to cut down on costs and so making it easier for people who are using the internet to find the information that they want to find without actually necessarily always taking up a slice of your time mm -hmm. so 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 that is that that is one of the major sort of things that we have to deal with. The, the, the truth is, I mean, our, you know, our point of difference as a business from one of the big listers who are obviously our chief competitors is that uh, we are on the phone. We know every single home on our site. We can talk about them. I photograph them all. I've been around them regularly. You know, I know the owners, which, you know, an Airbnb or a HomeAway, they don't, they can't. They've got a million <laughs> listings. They couldn't possibly know. It is also, whereas it's our, you know, it's our point of difference, but it's also our Achilles heel from the point of time being taken up. So is, is it just you and, and Lizzie? Do you have any other um, staff at all? No, no, no permanent staff. We do have one or two sort of helpers in various ways, but, but um, no, we don't have any. It's just us at the moment. I know you're, you're, you've got plans for growth and, you know, take, take your 30. And I, and I recall reading that you'd like to triple that. So how, I, how, how do you think you'll have to change and adjust your systems to manage um, a much larger proportion of properties? Well, you know, you're absolutely right there. I mean, if, if we are going to grow, we have to deal with these problems because we're already reaching, you know, more or less reaching our limits to manage as we are. Um, the first thing we're doing is we're, we're building a new website at the moment. The, the, the main driver of that, of course, was the uh, Google directive from April the 21st about mobile responsiveness. Um, but actually, our present website doesn't really have a calendar. We don't actually have an, an online calendar, and it's certainly not linked up with providing a quote or providing a list of properties which are available on any given date that a, a customer might put into the search box. So we will have that now. That, that, that should help us provide the information without them having to come directly to us or call us. Do you have a homegrown property management, reservation management system or, or do you, have you invested in a, a proprietary brand? No, we've, uh, you know, with our present website, everything is completely homegrown and there's actually not much to it. It's a very manual operation at the moment. And that's really what we've got to change. We've got to automate it more uh, or, 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 you know, take away so many of the things. We, for example, we're still manually invoicing. Since I put in a, a new confirmation form, which is actually a Google form, 
and it comes back with all everything in a spreadsheet we could easily now just invoice off straight off the spreadsheet and i you know there's a lot of things i can do like that it also you know just a few minutes here and a few minutes there mm-hmm. multiplied by 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 30 homes it soon adds up to a lot of a lot of time uh removed from your operation but um i asked the question because we're we, we, we did exactly the same as you. We, we started out with the, with a sort of homegrown system, very, very manual. We're, we're 12 years down the line now, um, 180, 190 properties, um, just changing over, just um, divesting ourselves of the, the homegrown bolt-on system. I mean, we bought a very, very basic property management system back in 2005, 2006, and then we've adapted it over the years, but it just doesn't, um, you know, the, the bulk of, of the work we do now is is so manual. So we're now changing over to a new system, and, and I can't believe it, it's actually taking out you know, well, a full-time I, 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 person. I'd love to know what that is. I mean, we, we, haven't, we, we haven't got one. We have, we're not using one. Um, my new website will help a lot in that direction, and we're sort of building in things ourselves. Um, but that may be a more expensive way of doing things. I'm not sure about that. But um, we've got a very good uh, web designer and people in, in Cairns who have tremendous experience with, uh, with the holiday industry, um, the tourist industry. And uh, so we're sort of building our own system at the moment. The one thing about that is I'll always own it. I won't be mm-hmm. subject to anybody, you know, any of these systems um, sort of, selling to somebody else and then you don't know where you are or, or going bust or anything like that. Um, if you were to talk to somebody out there who's, and, and we have a lot of listeners who are individual property owners, and I know of so many who say, well, I've been approached by a friend or there's a, there's a few other people in my community who've asked if, if I would market their properties too. So if you were starting all over again like them, what's the most valuable piece of advice you'd give them? I would have made a plan. You know, we, we never had a plan to start off with because it all happened by accident. And uh, there were a lot of things we could have planned better. I suppose more than anything else, we did take on a few people. Uh, I said that we'd never lost an owner. That's not quite true. We did lose two owners early on, and I probably shouldn't have taken them on because I, I wasn't in a position well enough to, 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 to really explain to them what was involved. And they were rather expecting sort of to instantly get a lot of, of customers. It doesn't happen that quickly. I mean, you know, you put we've, with every house we've ever put up on the website, it, it, it does take a while to build up a little bit of a reputation. And, uh, but it suddenly comes on in a rush. It always amazes me. You know, you're getting a bit worried and think, God, I'm not getting enough uh, bookings for this particular owner. And, and then suddenly, for what I can never explain it, it just suddenly starts happening. To get to that point, you just have to keep plugging away. I didn't know enough about that to, to explain to owners, you know, that you really, you, you know, you've got, to, you've got to have a sufficient commitment here because if you've got a huge mortgage and you're already overcommitted, maybe you might feel safer if you go to a real estate agency and let it out for long term because at least that way you're getting something coming every week. On the other hand, if you're prepared to put up with going for a few weeks without any booking, you will, over the over the period of a year, find that you earn an awful lot more than you mm-hmm. do, um, uh, you know, doing a sort of traditional empty, unfurnished rental. Those sort of things 
you know, I've experienced and now I can explain much better. But uh, I didn't have the experience of that to, to, to be able to tell potential owners about that. But they wanted to come anyway because I had this wonderful owner who told all her friends and said she, that we, we, we were worth uh, listing with. Well, when you started, there wasn't a handbook, was there? There was, there was no manual out there. It's a bit like having a kid, yeah. you know, if, uh, if, if you don't have friends who have kids as well. You're you're just sat sat there with this uh, with this baby in your hands, saying, "Well, what do I do with it now?" That's the way I viewed it way back because I I saw there were other agencies out there, but I I didn't dare go and ask them how they did it because I planned to be their competition. But I'm sure that was the same with you at the beginning. There was just like, well, well, well you know, we'll just muddle through and and hope for the best. But yeah, absolutely, make a plan. Um, and, and I think a growth plan is, is important as well. You know, we, we've always had targets. You know, this year we're going to take on another 20 properties. And I mean, our target for this year is 35. So, you know, as, as, as we go along, we just, just keep growing those targets. But yeah, I think so many people do start out this without a plan. And it's just like, you know, we'll, we'll just bundle through. The other thing, though, I would have to say is that, you know, especially if I was 30 years younger, you know, definitely do have had a plan. But in our case, this thing happened sort of rather by accident. Uh, I'm 60 years old. And in, in some ways, it's a hobby, which has actually grown into rather an obsession because uh, I really enjoy doing it. We're having a lot of fun doing it, uh, especially the fact that we're running an internet-based business and there's so much technology to keep up with. I, I find all that a lot of fun, especially because my kids who are in their 20s, they think they're, they think they're so smart about the internet, but I actually know an awful lot more than they do about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you do have to keep on your toes. There's so much coming out there's, you know, and so much that can make your life easier as well. And that sort of moves, moves me on to last question, Productivity resources. What what what's what's your favourite productivity tool? The tool I'm always amazed at and use more than anything else is simply Google. I mean, I've I've switched from using Microsoft Office to you know using Google Docs and Sheets and everything and Google Forms. Uh, it's incredible. Just the internet itself. I mean, mo most of the information I get about marketing, copywriting, SEO, all of those sort of things all come from these amazing generosity of others on the internet, giving you incredible instructions how to do things. Uh, it, it does take time to, 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 to read and to sort of take it in and to try it out. But, um, you know, I'm very, I've always been very much a self-help person, more or less ever since we ran our wilderness lodge because we were so far from anywhere it was jolly hard to get any help at all well i think um, it's a great the the the, um, the the recommendation on google is fantastic i've it's something that i've only just started you know i've only just gone from outlook to google mail which made the most massive difference right across the business and now in the last three months have begun to move, switch over to Google Docs. So I think, yeah, that's a great recommendation. The other things I, I mentioned, you know, the, the, the generosity of other people on the web, um, I have to say, you know, people like Matt Lando, anybody who's got a holiday home, if they're not reading his website, they're missing out because there's so much fantastic information there. Uh, and, uh, and your cottage blogger blog as well i mean you're the two great gurus in the in the in their sort of holiday vacation vacation home uh business and uh, anybody's not reading you they're, they're missing out i try and get all my owners to read you but uh <laughs> 
they're not very good at chasing up. <laughs> well, well, thank you for that. And, you know, definitely echo what you say about, uh, about Matt. I've known Matt for, for a long, long time. And, uh, you know, he's, he's gone from the sort of starter, starter interest he had six or seven years ago to immersing himself and he is just an amazing resource and i i always end up seeming to put matt's um matt's information on the bottom of every show, every one of my show notes because somebody mentions him just about on every single episode so and then there's you know that there are there are definitely others out there alan egan is doing a fantastic job with yeah. um, you know the, the wordpress training and google plus and antonio Bortolotti with his yeah. um, World Vacation Rental World Summit last year, and I'm, I'm thinking he's doing an, he's doing another one um, this year or, or early next year. So yeah, there's there's a ton of just really really interesting people out there. I also wanted to mention LinkedIn because you are pretty active uh, on LinkedIn. I've I see you about there quite a lot because I'm I've joined a, a lot of groups, you know, sort of tourism. Uh, vacation home groups it's a great way of having your attention drawn to blogs and articles about uh, the vacation home industry uh, so I, I, I go and read these articles and then I, I like to comment on them and uh, and I found that that is well I, <laughs> I think talking to you tonight has partly been as a result of comments I've made on various uh, blogs uh, and all of them really have I've discovered them on LinkedIn through their groups. For my listeners, if you haven't gone to LinkedIn and joined some of those some of those groups, then certainly take take some time to do it. And I shall put um, I shall put links to a couple of the groups on the uh, on the show notes. Nick, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I feel a kindred spirit here. Um, you know, not just because we're both Brits and we both went to English boarding schools and we both left England and we run agencies. Mind you, that's probably enough to make us kindred spirits. Well, I, I can't thank you enough for having me on. It really came as a surprise because I don't <laughs> think I really deserve to be here. Uh, the only thing is I, I would say as well, <laughs> you might be surprised. I might drop in on your doorstep sometime in the next year because I've got a son uh, working at a marathon just about three hours out of from Lake Superior on a on a gold mine there. Wow! And uh, we <laughs> we might go and visit him sometime in the next six months. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Well, if you if if you if you land in Toronto at any time, you just give me a shout. I'm sure I could find you I somewhere to stay. <laughs> all right, <laughs> Nick. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Not at all. My pleasure too. Well, it's this, if, if that was going to kick off our series on talking to small agency owners, it's, uh, it's, I think that was a really good start. So interesting to, to see the, the similarities, massive similarities between Nick's business and, and my business in, in Ontario. So if you're listening out there and you run a small agency, get in touch with me. Please uh, email me at heather at cottageblogger.com and, and let's talk. Let's, let's have a discussion about, uh, about your business. Um, do you think what you're doing is similar? Are you facing some of the same sorts of challenges that, uh, that Nick is? You know, he's still running manual systems. I think a lot of us are. It was, it was interesting that Nick said about, uh, you know, starting out. And sort of taking on all comers and, and having to say goodbye to a couple of owners because perhaps they, they weren't meeting the required standards or weren't 
weren't creating the best experience for 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 his and their guests. And this is exactly what I had in the beginning when we started. And now, now I, you know, we we have such fabulous relationships with our owners. Our owners are just the same as as Nick's. They manage their own properties. They do their own changeovers and do their own turnarounds. We don't have a property management. We don't have a cleaning service that uh, that operates uh, for them because of the di- diversity in location. It's just impossible, as Nick said. You know, driving twenty miles out to change a light bulb. It just, you know, it's not economically viable to manage our properties in that way. But I, I'd love to hear from anybody who's running a small agency or anybody that's thinking about, you know, just about to take that step. Maybe, maybe a friend has asked you to manage their property. Maybe you already do it for a few friends and now you're thinking about uh, going out and marketing to a wider audience. Let's talk. I'd love to get you on the show and uh, and share your experiences. As ever, if you've got a comment to make, please go down to the um, bottom of the show notes at cottageblogger.com forward slash VRS 076. And, uh, and leave me a comment. Let me know what you, what you think, where you're at in this business and, uh, you know, share whatever you have. It's always great to hear from you. So that's it for now. Really looking forward to actually really looking forward to getting this long weekend out of the way. And then we start really marketing for uh, for the summer. Um, and I think I've got another 20 odd properties that I have to go out and see and uh, and bring on board. So thinking probably that next week's podcast, I'm going to be sharing some of my learnings around uh, this time of year, because I see so many different properties, talk to so many different owners, and I always come away with with new things that uh, that I've learned. So next week's podcast is going to be either just me or me and Mike. Uh, you'll have to uh, wait for that one, but it's going to be full of useful information. So for now, thank you so much once again for listening. It's been great to be with you and I'll be talking to you with with you again very, very soon. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.